killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside What dang old movie we watching today, David? Um, I believe the movie that we're watching is called 30 Days of Night Yeah, yeah, it came yeah. out 10 years ago already Can you believe that? Cheers, cheers to that Cheers to ten years. To ten years, the lease. That a movie that what you you probably saw it one time. I saw it one time in theaters. Yeah. I mean, same. It looked great. <laughs> same. I went and saw it and I loved it. Mm-hmm. But that's ten years ago now. That's weird. So we both went to a theater ten years ago, watched this movie, enjoyed it, and mm-hmm. left it at that. I like to think it was the same, same exact time, <laughs> same theater, different theaters. <laughs> oh, were you the guy I was holding hands with? Oh, who I that never makes met. Sense. Kinda, I was kind of wanted to hold your hand last night. There, I'm not oh, gonna lie. Man. It was a few moments. We had a lovely um, night last night at a Fright and Rabbit show at Danforth Music Hall here in Toronto. Yeah. Um, For those of you who have been with us the whole time, I mean, you know that our friendship pretty much started with this podcast, but now at episode 34, it's at a level of seeing wonderful concerts. And it was a, it was a lovely surprise too. It just, uh, I didn't know it was coming and mm-hmm. Chris sent a very, very suspect uh, alibi as to why I was supposed to meet him. I tricked him. Night. I misled him with the promise of some kind of an industry meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and that worked for some reason. Like I was You're like game to go on like an extra day of work. Yeah. You know? It was very strange. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I kept getting Facebook reminders about the... Um, that the concert was happening. That The concert that I really wanted to go to, but this band that I really love. Because you're, you're a Scotland. big fan of Fright yeah. and Rabbit. Yeah, I love them. I knew them a little bit, so yeah. that was a very exciting intro for me yeah. to watch them live. I oh, got some free tickets and didn't tell you about them and just sat on them for months and months. Yep. And I did not put it together. Mm-hmm. And last night, it was just an amazing surprise, amazing show. And I think we're both feeling a little bit tired and jazzed about it yeah we're we're equally pumped and wiped out from mm-hmm. an intense night of consuming beverages and watching the great i mean that's a way to watch a scottish scottish musician i imagine right or most being, musicians being drunk wasn't he having such a good time he the amount of banter and crowd work that he did was probably more than any performer i've ever seen like he after the first song talked for five minutes then went into the yeah. second song and that was the bar that he set for himself which he pretty much kept up with the whole night. Yeah, and he was even like sort of like censoring himself. He was like, "Man, I'm not just gonna talk the whole time, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna like be all proud of myself and like say all this stuff." He's yeah. making a bunch of jokes, like recurring jokes. Yeah, he was uh, and like just laughing his ass off, having the time of his life. He seemed to be in such a good mood, which mm-hmm. just is only gonna come through in the music and it itself. Did. Yeah, it so did. Yeah, that was that was so much fun. That was great. So yeah, we were up late doing that, and so we slept in a little bit today. Yeah. Just uh, doing one of those classic single episodes from the early days of the podcast. Yep. Um, or single recording Which, which I think I think is probably a healthy thing to get back to. We did 11 episodes. We recorded 11 episodes in five weeks the other month, yeah. which I think is too much. I think that <laughs> results in a little bit of burnout. It's like we're spending too much time in front of the mic. We're getting way too in our heads about... Yeah, recording and shit. I think this it might be better just to space it out a little bit again. Well, yeah, I get the the concept that like if you could knock out like ten episodes in one day, why wouldn't you? But then like that day that you're recording, you've got like three movies on your mind, so that's going to be where you're pulling like a lot of the conversation from. Yeah, you know, you you sort of need to be in a different sort of time. Mm -hmm. You know, I I agree. It feels more like it feels more like work. Like when you get to like kind of the second or third episode of the day. It feels like you have to kind of mill your mind to come up with comments and things you want to say about it. Whereas if you take, like when we take time off and come back, there's always just so much I have to say. Yeah. You just, know, just to naturally, just catch up. Just yeah. to catch up on shit. Yeah. yeah. What do you remember about 30 Days of Night? Um, Mr. Ben Foster. Yeah. You know, a favorite of ours. On We've this brought podcast. him up a few. We brought up this performance a few times on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like Ben Foster. Um, this is a really silly thing to remember, but... Um, I'm going to say, I think this is a good thing to say. Um, the first time I saw this movie, I, um, it was a sold out theater and we got there like right on time. Mm -hmm. So the only seats that were available were the ones that are literally right in front of the screen. Oh, not, not my favorite place to sit. No, no. Where you're literally craning your neck up. The one benefit about that is like the screen is bigger than you can see. Mm -hmm. So like it's, it's a really good movie to have been sitting that close because I don't know that I would have been as scared otherwise, but it freaked me out. Mm. And I was like, I was getting to that point in my life 10 years ago where like nothing got to me anymore or like very, very, it was very rare that I got creeped out. And this movie was super violent. Um, like 
in my heart somewhat believable like way to look at like vampires and stuff yeah and it was just loud and vicious and ferocious and i was right against it right and then i remember the main guy um josh hartnett having uh a a gap in his front teeth like i i very clearly remember that um i hope that's that's the case i can't Uh, recall i mean he was like a huge actor at the time. Little, I can't imagine him having a gap. A little, little teeth, tooth gap. I remember just being able to see a little like, and, and I've got a gap in like my teeth. I remember going like, oh, look, he made it. Mm. Like, he's up there on screen. Yeah. There's um, hope for me too. Yeah. To go fight vampires in Alaska. To, exactly. Yeah. Um, what I mean, what, what I thought. It, yeah. It's, I remember just being so impressed with the idea of it. Of course. Of course, vampires would go to the part of the earth where, the sun doesn't rise for 30 days at a time because it's yeah. just a free for all. No yeah, threat of the sun. All. That's just such a great solid premise. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Josh Harnett was really big at the time. Melissa George, the late Audies, she was in so many movies, like from 2005 to 2010. She was in Triangle, which you've seen as well, right? Yeah, I've seen Triangle. Yeah, she's the lead of Triangle. She was in um, the Amityville horror remake with um, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was 2005, I think. I didn't. They redid see that. It was just, there's a whole. There's always been, there's been a nonstop yeah. slew of horror remakes. Uh, remakes, yeah. Yeah, she was in that. She was in like another one that wasn't as popular, but another horror movie, Teristas or something. But yeah, I don't think I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. But there's a comic book adaptation. You're a graphic novel it, guy at all? Um, Some of them, yeah. Was it first prior to the movie, right? Yeah, I'm, I was looking into it a bit and apparently the graphic novel writer was writing it at the same time of realizing that or at the same time he was writing it he was realizing that this is a good movie idea i should shop around as a film um eventually it did come out as a graphic novel first uh, in 2002 but sam raimi actually was one of the ones was the main producer of this movie and he just had a lot of faith in it as an idea so he was the one who kind of pushed it and helped it get help it got made okay help it get made uh, i love i love raimi productions yeah he does good stuff. ghost ghost house is that his company is that the good that sounds right Okay, I could be off on that. Let's just let it go. Let's let it go. Um, so yeah, it got the director David Slade. Um, he also directed Hard Candy. He did this, and he did one of the Twilight movies, and now he just does a bunch of TV, like Breaking Bad, Hannibal, American Gods. Okay, so like real stellar TV. Yeah, solid TV. Yeah. And Hard Candy was a pretty intense movie. Did you ever watch that one? I have that downloaded, and I consistently don't watch it because I think it's going to be like, or from what I understand of it, it's like kind of hard to watch. It's hard to watch, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's just incredible performances, both from, um, oh, our guy from The Conjuring, Patrick. Um, Patrick. Uh, is that his name? Yeah, Patrick Wilson. Again, we're real spacey from concert last night. Patrick Wilson, yes. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Wilson, amazing performance. Ellen Page, amazing yeah. performance. Yeah. I'm like an Ellen Page these days. She's great. Yeah. And uh, um, Ellen Page does a really good job in um, The Last of Us, one of my favorite. Um, she's the video games. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does the main. I remember that. Yeah. And that's a really, really cool take on zombies. And it's a great horror game. Right. It's, and it just came up with a remastered version, I believe. Uh, yeah. For the PS4, I've been the, seeing, uh, a remastered came out. I've been seeing some Instagram uh, screenshots of it. You should. You would love that game, dude. Holy shit. Cool. Add it to the list. <clears throat> This has been Dave's Game Corner. <laughs> Interestingly, the the writer of Hard Candy came on board with this director to help write the movie or the adaptation. So the screenplay oh, cool. for 30 Days of Night was written by, first of all, yeah, the guy who wrote the comic book, but also written by the same guy who wrote Hard Candy for this director. Mm. So they brought in those two writers, and then they also brought in the guy who wrote all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies um, to, I guess, jazz it up and give it a big <laughs> studio appeal. Okay. So it's this interesting Motley crew of three writers. That is, Motley crew is the right term. Like, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. What else, what also is interesting is that this movie has a $30 million budget, which nowadays you would never that's get that much money insane. for a movie like this, right? And didn't they like, didn't they just like... Yeah, like 40, make, yeah. 40 domestic, 75 international. Yeah, that was, was a huge investment to make a bit of money. Yeah. A lot. And so I'm excited to see that money on the screen again, because I, I do remember some things about the set. I remember it being kind of this desolate winter town. Yeah, it, it had this. What I love about it is it sort of had this like like zombie survival sort of totally. feel to it in, in Alaska. Yeah. Groups are being houses. divided. They're running from building to building. Yeah. And there's like randoms who are just like, you know, hiding under one of these like ra- elevated raised houses and like, yeah. you know, just running out and just getting tackled by one of these vampires. Totally. Uh, I can see that pretty... I can see a lot of vampire kills pretty clearly. 
Oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I can see the main guy. I can picture him in my head too. The main vampire dude. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um there's also there's a lot of like um blood on snow. Which yes. Is, which is which just is great. An awesome aesthetic. Yeah. Uh it was followed up by a straight to video sequel. Did you ever see that? Uh, I did not. Thirty Days of Night, Dark Days, I think it's called. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Lower budget, lower rotten tomato score. Yeah. And this one doesn't have an incredibly high score anywhere. Oh, I just remembered the ending of the movie. Oh, you did? I did. It just came to mind. That's too bad. Oh, I, I the rem- last frame. I remember it. The last, the very last. That shot. is. That's where I was like talking about like noticing the guy's like face. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a close-in shot on him. Yeah. 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 You, like. Yeah. <laughs> we won't say it, I guess. But. I guess not. I can't believe it's. I can't believe it's been ten years and I haven't rewatched it yet because I Same. really, really liked this movie when it came out. I agree. That's why I, I said I wanted to watch it. Yeah. It like I just. It, I I um, put it up with um, twenty-eight days and twenty-eight weeks. Um, because they're also that sort of feel to me. You know, you're totally right with calling it like similar to a zombie movie. It very much feels like one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but like very, very effective. You know, yeah. Intelligent. And it's, it's That's it. Awesome. If you, you throw a vampire movie into a condition where sunlight is no longer a threat, you kind of yeah. get a zombie movie, but yeah. with way more intelligent, intelligent zombies. Yeah. And they're just like patient. They're looking around. All the vampires are so cool. I think we're going to have a lot to say. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. This let's, is going to be a fun one. Let's do this. Would you like to uh, have a drink and watch a horror film? I would. Cheers. Cheers. You know what? Um, the one thing that really strikes me, um, especially with the, the lead up to this, is we were kind of talking about um, Ben Foster and the Ben Foster performance and how much this... Uh, you know, kind of put him into our heads. Yeah, and how bit. much he owned genre films in the late oddies, like mm-hmm. the this one, Three Ten to Yuma, Pandorum. I feel like there's another one. There are a few that really Probably, stood out. Yeah, at that time. Yeah, and uh, he doesn't last that long. I forgot. I, I couldn't believe how little he was in this film. For yeah. like the main images that I remember of this movie are kind of him in that jail cell. Yeah, saying, I They're coming. I, I They're feel coming. like that was like a really long, drawn out process, but no, it was not. No, he was probably out of there in the first half hour. He must have only been on set for the first week of filming or something. I think it was a pretty short stay for him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was so good. Still fantastic. Just like his voice is like chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, and his character was so, so important to the setup of the story. Absolutely. Like he could almost be like implied and shown once. Yeah. You know, it's such a well-written um, plot, like in terms of setting up how they come to town, how because yeah. he, he was kind of the the guy you send in first to go destroy all the cell phones, kill, kill the, the dogs. dogs. Yeah. Um, pave the way for them to be able to come in to town. Yeah. Yeah. On just... on that ship, I'm assuming. Right. We, we don't get much more about that ship other than the first shot of the movie. Yeah. It went, is that where they are? I wonder. I got that impression watching yeah. it this time that the vampires are chilling and living on that ship. And they sent him out. Yeah. They're like, go to the town and get all their phones, kill all their dogs. Yeah. So maybe this is some ship that they've acquired at some point along the way. I mean, they're around for hundreds of centuries, but maybe they just kind of go way up into the Arctic, chill on this yeah. boat for a while, then come into town, into yeah. various towns once in a while. and Just that alone, like the concept of like some uh, Arctic ship that has a bunch of vampires on it <laughs> who have like over centuries have been trying to like erase their own existence from the history books yeah which is that's an interesting um proposal for this plot to make that oh these vampires are aware that are aware that for hundreds of centuries people have been believing them and we have to keep that quiet how do the vampires keep tabs on this how are they so aware of you know global culture and aware of the vampire myth do well, they send people into town to probably see, like, do yeah. they go in themselves at night and be like, so uh, what What do people think of vampires in this century? Well, um, they have a Ben Foster with them, right? Mm-hmm. They use people as like bait. She's like, I tried. There's no one left. You know, like they're, they use people, Yeah, you know, for intel, for, you know, people mm-hmm. being people in the world. Um, so, yeah, totally, I have that's to fair. totally imagine that's exactly what they do is they... Yeah, Just, like, somehow live on the fringes yeah. and kind of get brief impressions through minor trips into town, see what's going yeah. on. They've got like clothes and stuff. So, I mean, they got to get clothes somewhere. And nice clothes. I mean, these yeah. people are selective. They look kind of times. Yeah. They look great. They have their own like language. It's they really cool. do. I'm, I was curious about the language too. It's like a lot of clicks and... Yeah. Yeah. Real yeah. kind of grunty. Kind yeah. of somewhere between animal and human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were... Mm-hmm. 
A very, very, very um, stylized take on a vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. But I mean, thirty million, and the money is seen. Like you get, there's so many incredible shots. There's yeah. amazing post production yeah, yeah. too. Like everything just looks so crisp. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shots that are just incredible. Yeah, it's gorgeous, gorgeous scenery. Like the yeah. sky at every point in time is just beautiful beyond like comprehension totally it reminds me a lot in keeping with graphic novels of like sin city yeah yeah, and yeah. 300 like mm-hmm. it kind of shares it like zach snyder yeah feel. totally it yeah. looks a lot like those kind of films mm-hmm. yeah um i i was like thinking that too like when uh this is a very short clip but the dead dogs like mm-hmm. the way that they're like they were laying and they had their sort of pointed ears and their mouths open with the teeth exposed like that just the colors of that contrasting with the blood in the snow that just looks like the graphic novel art style. Yeah. Like, uh, like, and they must add that in several situations throughout the thing, like kind of how like um, the blood in their eyes, like bled from the pupil, like over into the rest of the, mm-hmm. the eye. That was very. Yeah. Just yeah. like Scott Pilgrim, the way that shots are established, it makes you feel like it's lifted frame for by frame. Yeah. Or at least some sequences or, are or from the comic book. They're using the source material as like storyboards. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. That's, I love that so much. I, and I love mm-hmm. seeing those like infographics you can find online of like, Oh, know, side by side comparison. The, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love that. There's a lot of walking dead. That's like that. Right. You know, um, especially like lately now that mm-hmm. they've introduced like Negan and King Ezekiel and. Oh, they're really leaning into the source material. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, still telling the story their own way, but they're introducing all the characters. I thought of Walking Dead a few times watching this, too, actually, with oh, yeah? just kind of the sheriff as the protagonist. Sure, okay, yeah. And, yeah. like, how much do we trust him? Should we, you know, take matters into our own hands against mm-hmm. the sheriff? Yeah. yeah. Kind of had all the little eras from Walking Dead and Rick. Yeah, you're right. It did, yeah. You're right. Um, the one thing that stood out to me, um, as maybe a negative, something that like a, I forgot th- how bad it was, was not interested. some of the, some of the dialogue uh, and no. I think some of the characters okay. could have been better written. Sure. Like they weren't their motivations, um, their backgrounds there. It was just not as compelling. I didn't feel okay. like I ca- overly cared too much about the characters okay as no, i have it, in other movies it's fair enough it did kind of i kind of felt like my interests were what the protagonist's interests were more mm-hmm. than they were like i've actually uniquely as a person come to love this one and this one and this one and i want them to live for those reasons yeah like, it was kind of like yeah it felt like lower stakes in terms of yeah. the value of the people on screen it was just minor like okay they had a relationship it didn't work out she left him like it, it yeah. didn't seem like too too high stakes yeah i really cared about him like mm-hmm. a lot i felt yeah. i felt him to be very compelling and like right you know his little asthma the asthma um, thing yeah. inclusion was interesting but like they didn't follow it too far no they didn't yeah like there was there was one scene where he was kind of yeah. gasping a little bit but it seemed a good night's sleep was enough and then it never yeah. came up again he went and got a new like inhaler yeah and like this is after they did a bunch of other stuff like right <laughs> he went and got one he's like oh great i'm recovered yeah like, yeah but you were already out with your gun ready to fight or with your axe ready to do shit you were fine, more or less. Josh Hartnett also did a lot of these kind of genre films around that time. I mean, he had done Halloween H2O a few years earlier. He was in that. He was in that. <laughs> he was in The Faculty, which was one of my favorites growing up for oh. teen slashers. I don't think I saw The Faculty. You've never seen The Faculty? Okay, we have so. to, we'll have to do that one sooner than later because that's great. It's like Body Snatchers, but takes place in a high school. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's okay. great. Okay. And it's like an amazing late 90s pop punk soundtrack, like a lot of Offspring songs and yeah shit that's that sounds awesome we totally should do that okay cool yeah don't look into too much okay. more of it we'll just we'll go see it i don't look into anything he's like about it. he's like the cool drug dealer in the high school <laughs> cool. it's great oh i can't say too much more yeah no the body language chris just dropped he like had to put his his face in his hand like for just a second oh my god because so I, I almost gave away yeah. something about his character but i don't oh, is that i will say no more <laughs> okay yeah. <laughs> all right so we'll leave that one and we we talked also on the top of this we may do um the taking on here yeah okay so just uh that's coming up i like perhaps i like kind of saying uh, in the recording to tease things it. that we kind of want to do right because then like people yeah you should you should that's like you know you want that positive reinforcement yeah i want somebody to like if we suggest something mm-hmm. i want the opportunity for the listener to go like yes you should and just to confirm like there you go you said it and i agree you heard them listeners so give us that positive reinforcement <clears throat> yeah we've had some suggestions lately so, we have uh, yeah it's yeah. exciting. It's nice it's to hear from you, Scary best. Cats. I love it. Another shot that we both loved as it was happening, we kept gushing over it, was oh, that yeah. overhead shot, which we deemed too high to be a crane. So it, it must have been a helicopter. I, think without, I, I don't have any doubt at all it was a helicopter. It was pretty low, but I think that was probably due to, like, it was such an um, ambitious shot, but you couldn't make it too wide. Like, you wanted to have yeah. carnage, but it's a small enough town that you couldn't have it 
too far in either direction. You had to keep it to just kind of the main narrow hallway of this town. And it was following like a main street sort of. Yeah. And we're just, we're going up the main street and we just keep going and we see these piles of blood. We see people people getting slashed, splatter. Like it's wonderful. Yeah. When the, when the vampires are jumping on these people, they're like, yeah, that this big, like, you know, like six by six foot spatter of blood all around them in the snow. They can drain out a lot of blood. Yeah, and it's just so mm-hmm. starkly contrasted against the white snow. Yeah, it's that, a great contrast. Oh, it looks so good. And yeah, that overhead shot is just this like panning um, bird's eye view going mm-hmm. down the street and the white snow and screams, just screams and bodies Near laying and everywhere. And everybody's got, like I said, this big, huge halo of blood around them. Yeah. And uh, people are running in groups and some of those are the vampires chasing them and some of them are the people themselves, like just in little groups. You see them getting tackled and knocked down and slashed. It's just such an ambitious scene. It goes on for like 10 straight seconds. It's a really long... It does. We just keep going down the road and seeing more people being attacked, slashed. The cool, fun, like floaty jumps that they do. Yeah. To land on people and cars. And... Yeah. In terms of just cinematography, I think that was my favorite shot. Yeah. Like, it was just so good. The, yeah. The carnage, just like, look at the havoc these things wrought and just mm-hmm. immediately, as soon as it starts, they just... I also love that they don't. They know that they have 30 days and they can pace themselves a little bit and they don't want to eat everyone at once. Yeah. So they're not... They're somewhat biding their time. Like, they're aware that there are more people around but they take they take it easy for a period some periods of time you know yeah like you know you have that first like initial like feast right when you show up to start yeah. everybody gets to eat as much as they want but then it'll get become slimmer and slimmer pickings and it's going to be all about the hunt and the yeah using your tricks to lure them out and not only that but they had like a crazy exit strategy too with the pipeline yeah you and know? i get the impression that that was why that town was chosen kind of in the first place it like, does seem like the town we can itself... cover our tracks quite easily in this place yeah it's it's so cool to um think that in this specific story it's all about the location it's everything is about the location it's, yeah. it's this little town it's going to be dark for a month so there's no sun uh there's no way out in that month so they're completely isolated yeah you send in your harbinger ahead of time to take care of the phones and the escape via dog um and you just have and this big pipeline with oil that's running through to quickly cover your tracks at the end it just seems like such a clean job for these vampires exactly right in and out operation we got our guy we'll kill him we don't even like we'll lure him to go do these things for us under the false promise that we'll make him a vampire because they don't respect that's exactly right for an imposter's character that's what he he wanted to go with them yeah he wanted to become one of them yeah and he's he's living his life that way and then they ultimately kill him they snap his neck and that seems to be it seems like anyone who gets bitten will become a vampire, and the only way to prevent them from not is just to snap their neck or take their head off. Yeah. Otherwise, they will become a vampire themselves. Yeah, and as far as I've known since I saw this the first time, and like the canon in my head about this story is that, and, and it was shown on screen clearly, is that they detest humans. They think they're like a plague or whatever. They need them for as a food source. Yeah. But... um they, this dude never had any intent, or the main vampire never had any intentions of bringing Ben Foster along, or any other human for that matter. Yeah, which is is somewhat surprising because Ben Foster seems like such so essential for them, you know, for them to have someone to go in there beforehand and get the shit done, pave the way. Yeah. So maybe maybe Ben Foster has been um, like a a tool that they've been stringing along for multiple years a hundred percent no like maybe this and and they're just kind of retiring him at this point or they're sick of him but i was surprised that they didn't find a way to kind of drag him along even further and use him for another year yeah look how rotten his teeth are like he wanted ground beef like it's clearly like the culture that has gotten into his head too like if if they live on that ship theoretically he's been with them Mm -hmm. you know they wouldn't have been giving him like you know carrots and cooked meat to eat. Man, there is a great prequel of like the, that ship that the vampires go to the ship and take over, oh. kill it, keep Ben Foster alive. He becomes like fascinated, Dude, you're right. and... and you're isolated in that one because it's the ship. Exactly, oh, you're way God. out at sea, and then they like kill the engines, so they're stuck, and now you're going through all the ship rooms. That could be real fun. That would be such a great vampire movie. Yeah, and then in the end, they have the watch ship. the straight to video sequel be exactly that. It probably is. I, I have a title <laughs> for it. It's called Vampire Ship. 30 Days at Sea. Damn, I thought yours is better. <laughs> They're both still pretty weak. We'll work on it. Yeah. Um, blood, Writing takes time. You know, blood you Boat. With it. Blood, I like Blood Boat a lot. <laughs> 30 Days of Blood Boat. <laughs> like, what does the 30 days have to... Why <laughs> don't you raise your hands for that? <laughs> the reveal this of is Blood Boat. Blood Boat. Yeah. That was a Goreburger reveal. Also, I love that guy that you say is from Sons of Anarchy with the beard. Yeah. 
the tractor driver when he gets out with that giant chainsaw of a tractor. Yeah, don't what? know what that tool's all about. That's just a giant chainsaw. On maybe breaking into the ice or something like that. I guess. But it was fantastic for a movie in which you have to kill a bunch of vampires. Yeah. Especially when he's spinning around and just cutting them all. Yeah. When the vampire drops on it off of the roof and just yeah. chugs along, rolls forward, or he gets shot by the shotgun into the blade, into gets the blade. cut in half. Oh. It's, yeah, he's mangling heads by swinging it left to right. Just, there was great violence in this movie. Oh, like, really pleasing violence. I loved, um, just specifically about pleasing violence, I loved earlier on where those two guys and the girl leaving work. And uh, whose place are we going to go to? And then the one guy gets dragged off. Yes. And then as the other guy goes to investigate, are you okay? Yeah. Throws him back behind <laughs> the dude. Yeah. Just like gashed, you know, mm-hmm. like shoulder to shoulder. And just bleeding out. That was just amazing how he like landed behind. You know, they're like right just at, at first. It's they're so just messing with him. It, it's it supports that like there's too much to eat day one. Absolutely, because you know? he's still bleeding out. They're not economical they with it at all. Yeah. Like he's pouring that blood out everywhere into the snow that they could be eating. But they're just having fun. It's like those whales in planet Earth that are just tossing the seals off their tail. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's but, very sad. It's yeah. But that the vampires are doing the same kind of thing, just throwing humans around just to mess with them even more. They could have kept them off in the shadows, but they wanted to mess with the other two people by throwing their dead friend behind them. Yeah, because they don't like they really hate and do not respect human beings. They think they're terrible. Yeah. So like if yeah, there's a day you show up to the um, let's make this vegetarian friendly. You show up to the um, the fruit store um, (laughs) and there's you know, it's like everything's free, you know then you could there's too much to take yeah you know you just fill your belly and then after that you know a couple days later you you're ju- you're juggling apples because you got so many of them you don't <laughs> yeah, need to worry about throwing them. them around yeah but seeing that chainsaw at the beginning is very exciting in a movie like this where you know there's going to be carnage yeah because you see it's like a teaser it's like oh this is going to be used later just you wait oh, yeah. and it was the same thing with in that factory the grindy machine yeah, like right that. Didn't he? He had like a name for that or something. Did he? I think he did. Anyway. But well, you see that thing spinning around. Yeah. And the guy's angry and he throws like a lead pipe in it or something like There's that. like a knife. A big, a big knife. knife. Yeah. And it just eats it up. No just problem disappears. whatsoever. Yeah. And the camera lingers on it. And you're just so excited for what's going to happen with that thing later. And if anything, they could have spent a little more time with that grinding machine. Yeah. Um. But then it also makes sense. Like, because you're like, okay, this big, huge, you know, fuel burning yeah. machine that probably makes a ton of sound. Maybe they don't want that running the whole time they're hiding from the <laughs> vampires. But it, then they also get to use it in that amazing scene where one the the one vampire gets just Bautista eviscerated. Yeah, <laughs> the one that you thought was Bautista uh, gets eviscerated immediately, instantly, and it catches Billy's hand, his arm. Yeah, that's great. That was, and then it's at the same time that he's like transforming, transforming so he's got that uh, vampire scream going on. Yeah, he's not transformed enough that he's not himself. But when he screams, the high pitch comes through. It's mm-hmm. a nice touch. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Their their screams remind me of the bone tomahawk cannibals. Yeah, yeah. They had those weird holler. little things in their throats. Yeah. Those weird little vocal cord. They rip, he rips out and uses like a whistle. Patrick Wilson. That'll always stay with me. That's a great little mo- little moment of that movie. So it, Yeah, it takes it from just being a weird movie to having a little bit yeah. of science, sci-fi in it. And one of our most fun episodes. Go back and listen to Bone Tomahawk, oh, I love episode bone tomahawk. 7. It's a yeah. lot of fun. It's old microphone, but it's a it's a fun episode. Yeah, even like some of the moments that normally would have come across super traumatic, just there wasn't much build up to them, so maybe they weren't as effective. Like the idea yeah, of the neighbor mean? next door killing his mother and child. We weren't even introduced to this character in great detail beforehand. We just they stumble hmm. upon. He had to kill his wife and kids. Like it didn't have the same kind of punch that usually killing your wife and children would have in a movie like that, you know? Yeah, maybe. I've got a slightly different take. Is like, yeah, we we were removed from that character for a huge component of the episode, but he was like the Shane to the, you know, to Rick kind of thing from like Walking Dead. Like he yeah. was the the co best friend kind of like they were driving together at the beginning um, yeah, yeah, yeah you know he i did sort of um sort of establish this you like, felt somewhat attachment to him yeah because um he offered um frick i don't i don't know anybody's character names except eben um, we did not take out our whiteboards today no. uh so his um his ex the melissa his george interest, yeah yeah um she uh, ba- basically billy tried really hard to get her to stay with him and peggy and the girls yeah um because they he like 
you know, admitted to like having this agenda of like finding out what happened and get those two back together. Like it was this real kind of like small town, like interfering in everybody's lives, you know, or the people who you care about's lives. So I got the impression that like he was willing to like take on the estranged girlfriend who he wanted them to get back together. And like, it was a good thing that she was stuck here for a month. I really took a lot of character from him. And then when I saw that, um, I saw and remembered that he was alive and killed his own, uh, family. Yeah. So it worked, um, it worked somewhat for you. It did. Yeah. I thought like, Oh, that is a fall from grace for sure. And then he, he yeah, falls further and further until yeah. he's eventually killed. Yeah. I don't know if I needed more just meeting the wife and daughters or something to feel a to, little more attachment to it. But. To Yeah. I just recently did the mist and, uh, there's yeah, which very, you very mentioned strong... when that scene happened and there's a strong parallel with that scene in the end of the mist for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, and that like <laughs> you've connected to those characters and they're the, the, they're the core they of the whole movie yeah and then... this is why he's doing it all yeah um <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> and um this one i guess he didn't quite have the same sort of like um establishing of why it would be sad for them to yeah but i got enough i, I felt at the beginning that you know i knew and and you know what um eben's reaction was really compensated for the lack of setup in a lot of those situations because yeah. you know he's just like you know, is overcome by grief and he like takes his friend to the ground with his hands on his like mm. throat. He's like, you don't hurt your family. You protect them. Like yeah. his reaction sort of like also helped me like. And maybe, maybe it's because you feel so much um, empathy towards Josh Harnett for having the gap in the teeth. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't love him as an actor. Like I think, I think he does a fine job here, but I, like I'm not blown away in particular with, with his performance here. Yeah, and same with Melissa George. I thought she was way more exciting and interesting in something like Triangle. And I think this might be more um, my feelings towards the writing of the characters on the dialogue than anything else because they've proven elsewhere that they can be very interesting performers. Yeah, comparatively, the performance is muted, and it's I don't know. That's not really the like the performance that was yeah, captivating was you know mm-hmm. 25 years in a row uh, Oscar winning vampire. Um, <laughs> And he was. We can't. We can't call back to inside jokes that we make while watching the movie. It doesn't translate as well. I can call back to anything I goddamn want. Um, You know what that means? (laughs) (laughs) Cutting back in. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, so. But but yeah, even like the just them trapped or whatever. The that should be a huge sense of claustrophobia, but it doesn't. It doesn't deliver as big a claustrophobic feeling as other movies do in a certain sense, like them being yeah. trapped in a place and moving around. You You're know? right. I, I think they could have had like another scene yeah. when they were in that attic of like, yeah. if there were not, there was like one five second scene where there was one on the roof and then it jumped away. Yeah. And even the passage of time isn't delivered amazingly well. Like confusing. all of a sudden we're like a week in the future, another week in the future and nothing substantial. They don't seem hungry. It seems like eating food hasn't been a problem. Getting water. He, he said, uh, yeah, he expositioned that away pretty well. They, they did a little bit with visiting the grocery store that one time. He said, well, um, no, he laid it all out exactly what was going to happen. He said, um, we're what we do first. And when they first got in the attic is we ration our food and our water. And this is like day one when it all happened. Yeah. And they run and they finally, after all these circumstances, end up in the attic Mm -hmm. um, with their little band of survivors. And he says, it was like, what do we do? What do we do? And he's like, well, first thing we do is we ration our food and our water. And then we... Yeah, but the they didn't even they didn't even show that like they didn't show. And then right after drinking that, water, sharing water. Right after food. that moment, they said day seven. Yeah. It was like the scene cut from there. So like yeah. basically, you're too impl- like. I, don't know, I know, I know. That's just that's a lot to imply for a movie where you're oh, surviving yeah. for a month. Yeah, I, I wonder if they had like some more scenes of like them in mm-hmm. that attic and like you know maybe they built up more of the like in, in fighting then i wonder because it's already it? it's already somewhat long for a movie like it goes That's, by fast yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. already like an hour and 40 so maybe they had to maybe they cut it down maybe they cut it and honestly i think having not watched it in 10 years what keeps it so exciting in my mind and what still is very um, valid about what makes this movie so great is this incredible idea the incredible setup yeah the amazing cinematography the awesome violence these are things that this movie does incredibly well and deserve it deserves to be recognized for yeah and i think maybe it's 
some of the writing the that holds it back it. from being yeah. an incredible, amazing movie. Some of the dialogue and the pacing of the story. and yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's definitely like on the weaker side. That's the shallow end of the pool. Yeah. You know? I, I don't think it's so shallow that it deserves to get how bad reviews. I think it's gotten no. like 50%. Like this should be like a mid 60s if I had to give it some kind of a score. 60s, 70s. If I had to give it a score that fits with what I understand of like the general scoring and reviews that like movies end up yeah. with. Yeah, sure. Six. But like if I was to score it and like in terms of what it like does effectively weighed against what it does poorly. Yeah. It deserves seven, eight. Like it's a good solid movie. Everything it does well, it does awesome. That's it. Where it hits strongly, it just kills. Yeah. Like, and, and, and you just like you said, the parts that are weak are like, they make you go like, wait, wait, wait a minute. What happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like I never had a like problem understanding what was going on with the story. And like you said, the story itself is, is just a gem. It's like the concept alone is so fascinating. So brilliant and good. Yeah. And so well presented and like, um, and I, the, the, the vampires are great. Like the makeup so and the prosthetics, the like prosthetics you mentioned at one point, face. like it just, it's so appealing. Yeah. Changing like their cheek structure, like around yeah. their eyes more than doing like, like really long vampire ghoulish faces and like the pupils taking over the entire iris, yeah, like just yeah. being black and white. Yeah. It's, it's a very, um, sort of simple but effective animalistic take on it's exciting yeah yeah and, and they have the main protruding guy. like the teeth that they use are yeah. so good they're not the typical two vampire fangs on your canines they're these long like glass like sharp sharp triangular like, teeth yeah yeah like shark teeth like they were yeah for tearing giant holes like in people's throats mm-hmm. to take their blood like it was and doing that weird shaky grip thing with their yeah, head as they bite in. They're like buzzsaw mouths rather yeah. than, <laughs> you know, that's what they're doing is they're, they're tearing up your jugular into pieces. That's hilarious. Yeah. I love that. And the main vampire dude is amazing. He's, he's recognizable. He's another, I, I want to say he's in one of the like later diehard movies or something, but maybe. he's very, he's a familiar looking dude and he kills this performance. Let us know where he's from, Scaredy Cats, because I'm not going to look it up. Send us a message. um yeah he was so 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 good like just his face and his like sort of like his he had a bit of a like a slack jaw like he just had an open mouth most of the time just yeah that's a choice for sure yeah and but it was like this incredible like he also had this like air of dignity to him like the rest of them didn't he did i mean he was their leader he was respected by all of them yeah and there's no like inherent thing about him that makes him a leader so it's clearly his particular personality that yeah. is so commanding of a presence yeah he's he's got the rest of them vampire charisma yeah and i mean he's pissed because his mm-hmm. partner of centuries yeah at least centuries sure is yeah. now killed in just a single moment you know usually this thing should have gone by like clockwork yeah. like they have it set up so easily it's just a few dozen people you know pipelines right there we have ben foster going and doing the cell phones for us so we don't have to worry about other people coming in it should be clean yeah you expect- and these fuckers have uv lights are you kidding me yeah they didn't expect the the light problem they're like all right we don't have to worry about light yeah that'll never be what gets us it's amazing that they even have the foresight to to know that they have to deal with cell phones which are you know five to ten years old for creatures that are hundreds if not thousands of years old to like tap in and be aware of something that they need to cover the tracks on so recent i also heard the term satellite phone specifically so i those have been around a little bit longer a little bit longer and just radios in general like have been so like at least 100 200 years and and they're on a ship too so they're gonna have like real good knowledge about like radio systems being the way that you can they had probably a great education being just Mm -hmm. hanging out on that boat for the sunny the rest of the sunny days i wonder if they're like they're boat people like mm. humans who are like got vampired on a boat or something but like they said mm, centuries, like their origins so hundreds of years so maybe not yeah i wonder if some of them would be probably could be yeah who knows but again i know I, i'm like, so fascinated I, no, i have the by... same instinct that you do where you get a real cool exciting story like this and you just want more backstory about those mm-hmm. vampires you know yeah. well, i'm curious to read the at least like the plot or the wikipedia plot summary of the sequel just to see where it goes because it's the same comic book writer who did the next one yeah. So he's continuing his own universe. So I'm curious to see well, that's, how he brought it. That's kind of special because like, maybe we should just look into it because maybe the, like, this didn't get incredible reviews. It didn't make an incredible amount of money based on its massive budget. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it was like a Flanagan production, oh, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. if they had spent five rather than, you know, 30. Yeah, it would have to be. We wouldn't get the same amazing big shots, yeah, you know, right. but then they would have had more pressure to do better writing. Yeah. Like I get an impression that this is a very visually focused movie when they were yeah. writing. Like they, yeah. they had a lot of 
ideas of okay i want that tractor thing to cut through a bunch yeah I, it um well it, that's exactly the kind of movie you're going to get out of a comic book or a graphic novel right. something is incredibly visually based yeah um but i do wonder like um sort of what no no i've, I've sort of just answered that myself is it's a comic book movie that is that it the concepts would have been coming from a very visual place in the first place yeah yeah so it makes a lot of sense that you know totally it, it looked the way it, like that you'd make the choice to go like Let's make this look the way, spend a shitload of money to make it look right. Right. Rather than, you know, focusing our efforts on like putting together a very good yeah. story and like really good writing. And, and I bet like... there's pressure too for the producers to, if they have a budget like 30 million, to be able to show the studio, like, look, we're, this is how we're spending the money. Look how good this looks. Yeah. And I mean, some of just the shots themselves, especially wider shots outside where the snow is coming down, it just looked so crisp, so oh, neat. Yeah, I'm very curious about how they made this movie. Like, if they did go to a small town way up north somewhere, or if a lot was, of it was in the studio. I was thinking that as well. If they went to like just a snowy little place and did it, or if they actually went to like uh, something remote in Alaskan to yeah get the best. I don't know. It's tough to say because you'd also think if they did go to some place like that, they would be really fighting against the isolation and the weather and the yeah. all that sort of stuff yeah um but they had a shitload of money so it could go either way yeah like why cut corners and go to like some little town when mm-hmm. you've got literally all the money in the world yeah i don't know i don't know it's tough to say but like i i was really curious as well like where, when do you choose to commit and when do you go monster style and like probably just shoot when you're not allowed to shoot like you know, when do you save money and when do you spend money? Just go for it straight yeah. up, yeah. And they had one of the Pirates writers on here. So I think that was probably mm-hmm. a force of like, let's just, we got the money, let's throw it in. We can spend $2 million on this tractor scene alone. Let's <laughs> chop up some vampires. Yeah. Wow. It's it's weird to think of we can spend this much money on this alone. Like just, they could. They could. And you're never going to have a movie like that with $30 million. At mm-hmm. least in our in our time, that seems nope. insane to nope. allocate that, that much funds to it. And then if you do, like you're going to be putting in like a lot of that money is going to be going to like big name actors and stuff and... to justify you're like well if we're spending this much we need to guarantee that people will come out to it yeah maybe i mean like even ouija 2 brought in way more money than this like that made like 100 million or something like that which is crazy off of such a lower amount of cash yeah ouija ouija that strange strange animal that is ouija I think I'll definitely um, still revisit this movie because there's a lot of things that I just love about it. You know? I, Even I've, though I'm somewhat disenchanted watching this a second time, there's still so many strengths that I will continue to defend about this movie. Yeah, I, I, I'll go the opposite direction in that like, I feel like you know, I'm confirmed in my, my thoughts because I saw this movie once years and years ago. A decade ago. A literal decade ago, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I saw it in a weird circumstance where I was like pressed up against the screen in a movie theater. That's and too close. It was. Yeah. And yet my memory of the movie was like really enjoying it and it being like really high pressure, really gory. And... I can see that adding to the intensity because you're trying to capture everything that's happening on the screen at once. So you're in those outdoor yeah. scenes and you're wondering where should I be looking? Is there yeah. something on that roof, that roof? What's in happening? Fact, yeah. In fact, um, when you're able to like zoom way the shit out and see the screen very clearly, every time there's one of them on the roof or one of them crouching or you can see it very clearly. Right. When they grab somebody and quickly pull them off screen, you can see the silhouette of a person moving very rapidly, but very clearly. Yeah. When you're pressed up against a, a theater mm-hmm. screen, you don't like all those things trick you and like it worked really really well but seeing it now it it really works i don't know like i think that's a really really stellar movie like i would yeah confidently tell other people to watch it if they love horror i, I definitely i definitely would recommend it because there's yeah there, it's merits outweigh its faults for me for 100%, 100%. sure 100 percent. i yeah. think it's a i think it goes down pretty smooth even the things that i can like complain about it mm-hmm. i think that you're run-of-the-mill horror audience like, yeah it, you and just don't have time to like i'm so glad that we're both so stoked about it and that you are just as excited because i don't meet a lot of people who are even genre fans who even have bothered with it it seems you know, and that we both saw it in theaters too yeah like, that's weird <laughs> well i mean even especially at that time i would just go any studio horror i'd just go check out okay yeah that time yeah and that, that was probably a prime one to check out and I yeah it worked I out being an amazing one yeah. yeah i don't remember like a lot of horror movies luring me out to the theater but right that was one of them like mm-hmm. It just looked so appealing. Yeah, and someone I'm sure someone had seen it and like kind of gave me the general general rundown. Right. It's like it's like zombie vampires. You know? It's just like a survival thing with vampires. Yeah. I'm like that sounds fucking cool. And it's really cool stylistically. Like I remember all the advertisements for it, just like you were saying, like just were reminiscent of like three hundred and 
you know those graphic novel inspired yeah uh, movie like like 300 was the year before i think right 2006 or 2005 maybe it's around that time and sin city is 2004 so and sin city really worked for me too yeah oh i fucking loved since when when have you rewatched it no i haven't seen it recently at all do you want to hear some disappointing is it really bad it does not hold the same i rewatched it and it like i rewatched it with the memory that it was one of the coolest movies i've ever seen yeah and it was a huge slow awkward letdown Wow, that that's was really too bad. That's like, my opinion. I remember my mind was blown by that. I, yeah, that came same, out when I was same. in grade 11, mm-hmm. and I saw it in theaters, I think, three or four times. Like, I just kept going back, because yeah. visually, it was the first one to do that, really. That yeah. was before 300. It was the first one to do a graphic novel adaptation that looked so much like you were reading a graphic novel on it screen. It did. It totally did. And then you had those it other still layers does. of the incredible violence, and Elijah Wood's insane character yeah. in that movie he was, like... chopped up, and, like, the yellow... Just the heads that he had on his wall, I remember, and just his like the the eyes mm-hmm. in the movie and yeah, yeah it, well yeah his glasses like there was the shot of like the um the light reflecting on the yes. surface of his spectacles so he had these yeah. white which is those are like horror elements in Sin yeah. City that's like as horror as that yeah, movie gets got but... those sharp nails oh my god he, yeah he, gets, he ends up getting eaten by his dog yeah I know a, but he just stares he as stares. his dogs are eating yeah with that smile just dead a li- only Elijah Wood could do that yeah so those are the but moments that really that. stand out to me and then the dude who like um. He gets like shot. He's like yellow near the end. Oh, that gets, fucking dude! And yeah, he gets the like pedophile, right? Yeah, and then yeah. Bruce Willis like literally beats him in his head into a pulp. Yeah, I've never like that is as clear in my head as the day I saw it. Like, right, it's just I don't know that image stuck out to me. Somebody right. using their bare hands. Well, yeah, to the, beat into a pulp. It was the only yellow in the whole movie, so yeah. it really like stands out. And it was his like skin tone. Yeah, and his blood was all yellow. Oh my god, it yeah. was so. But, but overall, even like I remember the years following, I was so excited about a sequel coming out, which didn't come out until a couple years ago, and I didn't even bother. Like I didn't have no. enough interest. Even did no. you see that second one? No. And uh, in fact, I think I was planning to after I rewatched Sin City, and it dissuaded you rewatching it the first one. It dissuaded me from wanting to watch it. Right. It was it's, it was a sad moment. That's too bad. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, just it like fits with this conversation because going back 10 years later and watching 30 Days a Night doesn't, uh, yeah, it holds up in yeah. my opinion. It when holds you up. watch movies like this that you once liked, it's always a bit of a gamble. Yeah. You know, sometimes they, they're not as good as they were, but I'm totally with you that a lot of this movie holds up just as exciting yeah. as it did 10 years ago. I, I think it does. Yeah, and I it just makes it. me want to watch a few more Ben Foster movies from that era. You got to watch 310 Niuma. Yeah, I haven't I seen know. that yet. I yeah. love Russell Crowe. I love Ben Foster. I know I have to. It's perfect. He's he's just so good for that. I mean, he doesn't seem to do these kinds of movies anymore. I know he was in Hell or High Water, which did really well last year. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. It's We should just watch that for fun sometime. It's not okay. a horror movie. It's like a bank heisty movie. Jeff Bridges is the uh, sheriff of a town. And Ben Foster and Chris Pine are bank robbing brothers or something oh, like wow. that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Foster and Chris. I like Chris Pine a lot. And I think he's, he's very kind of against type in this movie. Cool. Like I think he's acting a little bit differently. Oh, cool, cool. If cool. I recall from the trailers, yeah. Okay, sweet. I trust Chris Pine. To... That that makes it so up a little fun. bit. I know. Yeah. Didn't you say you looked up something about that city and how often planes fly out of it? Oh yes, Christopher. There was actually something that I looked up earlier. It was in the IMDb trivia section, and what it was I, is that I know you look at the IMDb trivia, so I never do. <laughs> that way, you can bring those facts to the. Movie. That's the way I can have a fact amongst all of the facts that you actually looked up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so nice of you. Yeah, but um, no, it's it, it's a just a funny little trivia that like the plane's not going in and out of this place for a month yeah. because it, like the dark thing is true, like the sun goes away for yeah. a month, but the planes are daily what and what why would planes yeah. not come when it's dark like that, that, yeah. that makes remember no how sense. planes no planes fly yeah. in the dark no sun for 30 days well can't fly there it makes no sense remember how every flight in the world starts at 8 a.m and lands by 8 p.m yeah we <laughs> planes fly at night <laughs> we figured out how to do that yeah we don't need daylight there's like to not fly. A, there's not a ton of like landmarks in the air to it run into so yeah. you're cool to just fly <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was a great little piece of trivia. Yeah. Also, another one that we didn't see because we didn't stop and pause. But um, you remember when the little girl vampire was like eating the neck of the... Of course. Yeah, in the in grocery that, store. Yeah, in that scene, I guess the double, the acting double, um, who's like crouched in like that, uh-huh. has like tattoos on their arms. No. Did you notice it? You I, did, it? I tried to see it. I couldn't. Okay. I think it was the sh- the uh, very initial shot of her. Yeah. Um, but, but you can fix that. I guess they didn't fix they it They just didn't. Yeah, that's, wow. that's why it's trivia. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that's the other one. How about that final kill when he just like punches the brains out? 
of the main vampire. That's kind of the greatest thing in the whole. That's movie. kind of an insane feat of strength. Like how? Well, that's that's his vampire. Because now he's vampire strength, and yeah. maybe the main guy didn't see it coming. Yeah, like I get, he probably doesn't like engage in like, that. Seem like like lions or wolves or something. Like there's the right. dominant, the alpha male or whatever, and then like other you know yeah. males who want to get that position got to fight them sometimes. And I loved the rest of them, their reaction to it. They're like, "What do we? What do we do? That was our leader. Is this our new leader? What do we? Huh?" And they just yeah. gunned it off into the night, right? So they're yeah. still around. They're all still around. They just have no leader. I wonder yeah. if a lot of those same actors were cast for the sequel, and it it follows that tribe and I where they go from there. I had this weird memory that the one like kind of tall, lanky one, yeah, with the long hair. Mm-hmm. I had a memory that he died, but I didn't see him die. I don't think so. No, he got away. He yeah he that guy was uh, he loved screaming. He yeah, loved he was a real he's a screamer, wasn't he? Let's uh, head on over to the Instagram comments to see what some scaredy cats have been saying to us about our episodes, huh? Yeah, it's been a, I think it's been a pretty active week on Instagram, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. It okay. has. Uh, so we got some comments here on our Monsters post. Um, the first one here is uh, Jules Stockdale the first says, great movie, terrible title. Got to agree with that. Yeah? yeah. I, I, I like Monsters because it's, you know, bang on what it the world is, the backdrop basically for the movie, but... Uh, they could have they could have done something, something different so, like cloverfield for example is a great title for a monster movie yeah yeah because it you don't know what it's about it's like i don't know don't just a big monster yeah what what is Clo- what is cloverfield like what does that title refer to none of it nobody knows we don't know yet it's like a, i think they say in the first one it's like code name like so that's the government code name for government this. code name yeah, for yeah, the, yeah. St- the footage they found yeah it's a little more broad and exciting than just monsters and, and probably what that means is that like in the Cloverfield universe is like they designate things Cloverfield that fit this dossier for these creatures that they must have some right, sort of knowledge right, right. about. Right. What would you rename monsters if you had the opportunity? Um, escape from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, Kurt Russell. Something like about the, uh, like a, not this name obviously, but like journey or, you know, right. Tra- travel, some sort of like crossing a great distance, right? You know, something like that cool you know the crossing the border the border or something like that i call it passport <laughs> exclamation mark question mark i call it um i call it uh scoot mcneary uh scootin friends <laughs> scootin with scoot scootin out of mexico <laughs> final answer um scootin out of mexico is what i would call thanks monsters. so much who who um that was jules stockdale the first thanks jules um, thanks jules also on the monsters post we got a comment from groxy i believe is how you pronounce that g-r-o-x-e-e um sounds like a cool podcast we'll def be listening from here on out we are a cool podcast thank you thank you so much i feel like a pretty cool podcast um and hope that, you keep enjoying it yeah i hope so so much that people see um the movie posters for movies that they love greatly and go oh i'd love to listen to that that sounds yeah. great. And let us know what movies you'd like us to do. We've been getting some comments yeah. and suggestions, and keep keep them coming. We yes, get excited, we and we are listening. We're we doing some of them. We are listening to every single thing that we get. Yeah, so if you have a horror movie that you love and you want to hear these two dudes' opinion about them in mm-hmm. great detail for 45 minutes, just <laughs> send us a DM or leave a comment on one of our other posts. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been the Tex Chris Dave Saw Massacre. My name is David Stombra. My name is Chris Vandenberg. And as always... Chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns. Josh will punch your brains out, chaos reigns. See you next time, scary cats. Yeah. You didn't go, Gin. I do it sometimes. So I don't know how the... You do it a lot of the time. <laughs> it feels right. Yeah. No, I love it. It's just a great way to end it.